Warning, the following program has been rated M for mature due to language, vulgarity, and sexual innuendo. However, my voice is rated EM because it's easy to masturbate to. Unlike the losers you're about to hear, enjoy the show. Michael wants to fuck Obama. Big lovable ginger bear Rancing on like he doesn't care Boggs is the pivot man Trying to get any dick he can We liberal douches Have many excuses For you to give up your God Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. In case we didn't bore you enough, Norway plans to air a 12-hour primetime TV show of a fireplace. That is right. 12-hour fireplace show. That's it. <laughs> it just shows a fireplace. Uh, the people producing it says that they're they're going to talk about nerdy subjects like burning, slicing, and stacking the wood. <laughs> so what's the deal? It focuses on the fire the whole time. Yep. But yet then they're going to have talking in the background. They will so also have commentary. cultural segments with music and poems as well. Oh, that's that's soothing. That's fucking stupid is what that <laughs> is. Um, they, their little uh, slogan is, it will be very slow but noble television. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Noble tev- television. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that like on a major network? That uh, no, it's on national. Okay. It's on their national public network. I was like gonna say MTV or something like that. I think it's called. I know during Christmas they do that. Like on the one of the cable channels, they'll have like the Yule log fucking. Oh yeah, that's during Christmas time. No, mm-hmm. this is like they're gonna start like in the spring. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> It's their sweeps show. (laughs) (laughs) Pull in all the ratings. Sweeps week. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, uh, Mike, what do you give that there? Opening. Are we still rating this shit? I I I rate this every single week. Maybe I I just stopped paying attention to what you guys rated. I just (laughs) I know that's because we always rate it. But you know what? That was a uh, that was a very intriguing story. So I'm going to give you a seven. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. good, Good for you. Thank you. Minus five. All right. So anyway, uh, free <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and apologize to the audience. If you can't hear uh, Michael during the show, it's because he's got a new microphone and uh, he likes to move around and twitch because he's got Tourette's. It so sucks. no, actually, these microphones are really damn good. It's they just are, you actually. don't understand how to use it properly. So I just don't like put my mouth around it like Boggs does. That's why. So we, we apologize in advance. If all of a sudden he starts petering out like Don't this. you shake your head at me, boy. <laughs> I'll shake my head at whoever the fuck I want, Michael. Oh, my God. Okay. So, free for... So, sorry about that, folks, is what Eric's trying to say. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you guys got, but, of course, I think the two big stories this week, the Pope fucking stepping down? What do you guys think of that? I, I don't I give don't a care. shit. It's not <laughs> What? It's a big it's story, dude. It's I mean, sure, I but... I don't care. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, at this point, it's... I'm sure he feels like a piece now, of shit. Now, if it was something like the Catholic Church is absolved, 
Oh, then I'd be really fucking interested. This could but be, this could be a step towards it. You, no, I have a, they're, they're I just gonna it. get another fucking jackass to go in there. And I thought they cover said cover up little like pedophiles. 95. They said uh, that's where I was gonna go. And they said he's the. This is the first pope to s- resign from the papal see or whatever they call it, the papal papacy, whatever, in s- over almost six hundred years. So yep, he's he's breaking some new ground. Of course, he said he was quitting because of advanced age and deteriorating strength. It's like, well, 85. Yeah, I saw a... Uh, God doesn't give up. Does God quit? No. I saw an internet picture, and it showed like him, and it said resigning. And then another picture of uh, the Emperor from Star Wars, and it <laughs> says to pick up a new position. Because <laughs> if you look at them, they look pretty damn close to S- the same. Someone <laughs> it's kind of s- eerie. Someone said he left because he found out there was a uh, opening on the Penn State football staff. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> wow. You know what? I have a theory Still behind this. Still making Penn this. State jokes, huh? Yeah, well. I mean, it's, it's time now. It's, it's, it's been a year or so. I mean, I, I think they're still fun. <laughs> was the other story you were going to mention the Olympic guy shooting his girlfriend? No, I don't care about that. Awkward. So we don't care about his religion. Hopefully bullshit, it's not what I'm thinking of because I got a new segment for everybody today. She was hot, though. Nice. It's a shame. I I d- all I know is that their, their legal system is really, really tough. I'm sure he won't get a leg up in their system. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot to oh get with God. Boggs on the theme song for the new, uh, God for the new segment, so I'm just going to have to wing it with the little jingle. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just like do it a cappella. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. So mm. what That's else do you have? Hopefully it's not going to ruin my segment. No, I was just going to say on the Pope thing, I got a theory. I, they, I saw a documentary last week. I didn't bring it up because we we're kind of running short on time. But um, it's run on HBO now. Um, so if you guys are listening to this anytime other than around February of 2013, you might want to look it up otherwise. But it's called Mia Maxima Culpa. And the whole thing centers on like the pedophilia and stuff that goes on within the Catholic Church. And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it's most of it's centered around this uh, Father Murth- Murphy who uh, ran kind of like a Catholic school for deaf kids. And while he was there from the 70s until the 90s, you know, he molested like this is a supposedly a couple a hundred kids. Very new to the hell's going on? Oh, my God. This show's already over. Let's just cut <laughs> it and quit right now. Start over. You guys forgot that I can edit everything. So <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah, there's that. There's that. Yeah. Including Just this conversation. In, Who gives a shit? Just leave it in. <laughs> yeah, leave it in. <laughs> At Sounds this point. Well, fucking websites. They just fucking like play <laughs> videos all the goddamn time. It's I like, look, if I want to play a fucking video, yeah. just have it there and I'll press play if I want to see it. I want to no, point you go to a webpage and it's like, here's a fucking ad for you. I want to point out what's <laughs> going on is Eric was looking at porn while I was yeah. talking because he's so uh, fucking not into what I'm saying. And I, then you know how this pop up. That's kind of how it is throughout most of the shows. I just sit back here and just masturbate the entire time. I'm usually playing on my phone when Boggs is going through his fucking <laughs> nonsense so anyway but th- this it's basically about half it's a couple hour documentary and basically it follows him but it goes into the whole ins and outs of how you know it was reported several times and it made its way up to the vatican and you know how they set on things and uh, a lot of it dealt with toward the end about how pope benedict when he was cardinal ratzenberger how he was put in charge of um i don't know what the name of the like the the wing of the of the Vatican is that kind of handles all these things, but uh, they, the nickname for it's the inquisition. And while he was in charge of it, every, he mandated that every sexual abuse case throughout the whole world, not just United States, Europe, everywhere would come to him. So he has files and records on every uh, priest that committed any type of pedophilia and stuff. And so he knows all this shit. 
you know, and they and it's such a big cover up, you know, and of course, we've been talking about the thing out in L.A. about that big um, scandal that's going down now with the archdiocese out there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it just it, there's a lot of that good guy. Good guy. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that he knows all this information and you're seeing a lot of like in Ireland a few years ago, they had finally it broke out a big scandal there. Now you've got this going down to L.A. again and stuff. I think it's just kind of coming fruition. Like he sees the, sh- the writing on the wall. I think he's just getting the hell out of Dodge while he can. You know, because as far as they go, you know, he he knows everything that's going on. Oh, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I definitely recommend checking it out. But there's one little fact in there that they mentioned that I wasn't aware of. And I think it was around the 80s or something. They had so many cases of uh, pedophilia and stuff with the priests. And you what they kept doing was trying to put them in these centers they created um, to, I don't know, counsel them or whatever. And they'd shift them. At one point, they actually thought about buying an island and building a compound on an island where they could move all these priests to so they could like i don't know serve out their days like go through penance and stuff and live on this island and they actually put a down payment on one I, it was somewhere like in the caribbean area or something oh they can afford it yeah well, <laughs> well of course and then the vatican finally was like nah, it's probably not a good idea it's like you think that would have been a great planned and then that comes out oh yeah we bought an island to put all our uh child touching fucking priests on just to kind of <laughs> let them hang out there so, but i i thought that so was we could sniff each other's fingers and oh, such. i thought it was crazy that they even thought about doing that but so i don't know that's my my theory on it i think he just well knows too much. i'm not that's not really a malevolent thing for them to do it's just a I naive think way of trying to help people i just think it's weighed on him so much he's just getting the hell out of dodge while he can i i would agree that's my theory I'm sticking to it. <laughs> you guys got anything? I got a lot. All right, man. Let's Whoa. hear it. It's got a lot. So I'm uh, I'm walking inside one night, and I get a text message from a family member that says <laughs> some really funny things that I wanted to bring up. But basis to the entire thing was uh, a lot of conservatives don't understand that communists are different from liberals because they kind of group them together. They think that we're all just a bunch of commie, fascio, pinko, yeah, yeah. faggots, yep. faggot-loving hippies. That's gone too far. That's what they said. I didn't say that. That was in the text message. Anyway, so what I thought I would do is uh, I pulled a couple of things. Bear in mind this is from Wikipedia, but all the same, they actually do touch on things that are you know credible and real. Are, are you camp. trying to say that Wikipedia is not the source for the end all be all of everything? It's it's not a very credible. You have to <laughs> if you're going to look at Wikipedia, they. The best articles to get have their own sources. You I go know, check I their know. sources. Man, fuck I'm Wikipedia. Just, just I tried to create a page for our show, and they fucking kicked it out the half court, man. Uh, well, I don't, I don't really care. Anyway, so <laughs> what saying. I wanted to what I wanted to bring up where the differences between our little American two party bullshit system here, and I had one more off the site from totalitarianism, and then there's a couple more that there I couldn't really find any info on that. Uh, I probably hold two more than the you two do, but anyway. So the first one I'll start off with is what a liberal is. A liberal or a liberalism type person is a philosophy, unlike Christian <laughs> religion. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Uh, founded on liberty and equality, they espouse a wide array of views depending on their understanding of the principles that I just mentioned, liberty and equality. But the general idea here is you want free and fair elections. They've been the ones who have pushed for civil rights in the past, freedom of the press, freedom of religion. That was a big one. Uh, anytime you have like free trade, no taxing between states, shit like that, and private property, which is amazing that that one got hijacked by conservatives because conservatives think that 
you know, liberals clearly don't want you to have private property. They don't want you to have any sort of business-related entity, but that's not really true. That's not a philosophy point that, that was, uh, you know, a conservative-type idea. In fact, in terms of conservatism, it's a social philosophy that promotes retaining and holding to traditions. So, and, and this is kind of the thing is like, you know, there's nothing really quote-unquote bad about being a conservative-minded person. The problem with this is the traditions that they're trying to hold to are completely not conservative views. For instance, I think it's ironic that no Christian, especially in Texas, believe me, this is not a thing, no Christian is more liberal-minded. Because if you go and look at what Jesus actually said, he's a pretty liberal-minded dude. He's not hanging out with Pharisees. He's not trying to be a rich guy. He's more about what's in your heart. He's more about how you're helping society. He's more about, you know, the old, the lady that comes to him and hands him a coin, and it's all she has. And he's like, that's the greatest thing she's ever done. She gave everything she had for my cause, right? Yeah. So I don't understand how you want to be Christian and conservative because most of the time the people who – and this is actually the next text message I got from this family member was like, I can't understand why anyone would want to be conservative unless they're completely filthy rich and they can have everyone in their pocket. There's no reason to be that otherwise. So, and that's kind of the point is conservatism is about keeping things the way they are or yeah. keeping things the way they should be or used to be or whatever, like the yeah. 1950s. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if he holds true to it, but I remember uh, back in the day when I first got to know Michael, uh, he would always say, I'll be a Republican when I get rich. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I used to say it jokingly, <laughs> but I still wouldn't. I couldn't make myself do that. <laughs> what we've talked about on this show is kind of the point: is like if you are rich in this nation, I think at this point you should be fucking grateful that a country gave you the opportunity to bitch about your taxes, no doubt, and acquire wealth. And especially with some of the companies, the way that they've acquired wealth, in other words, kind of shady. You know, at this point, fuck, man, be grateful for the opportunity that they've given you. So and that's you know those are the two and that's the I hate it when people say things like you're a liberal so you're obviously against the government or you're you're not not against that you're against you know the American dream you're against the people you're against no you're not in fact if you're hurting and if you're struggling you know there's a reason that those people always seem to vote democrat because those are the people who are actually trying to use the government as a social good tool yeah so as and then it's the supposed to be yeah so the third one I pulled up and this is uh, this, you know, uh, philosophy is something that people on the conservative side group liberals in with is totalitarianism, because we're you know we're the socialist fascist bastards. <laughs> and actually, that's socialists and fascists are completely. I know they they group all of it together. They, yeah, that's what I'm saying. His point is is that they take it all and they just kind of lump it into one thing. You can only have conservative good guys. One evil entity. You can only have conservative good guys or the liberal pinko fascist communist. All of it grouped yeah. into one little tight corner. They're all the bad same guys. Hmm. So let's look at totalitarianism. They all want to take your money and give it to somebody else. This is a I love that movie. Robin Hood. Authority. Okay. <laughs> Totalitarianism is the state holds total authority over society and seeks to control everything. It, it, it controls all your private life. It controls your public life. Everything is controlled by the state. It's the most centralized, strong, powerful government you could have. Now, consider this, and this is the thing to consider between all of these. The questions that you ask in an economy when it's talking about how do you do things, the, the three big ones that you have is who produces things, 
what do you produce, and who gets them? These systems answer those questions in different ways. It's not like any one of these is completely evil. Totalitarianism is probably the most easily corruptible because... Yeah. And it's the same reason why communism is very easily corruptible. Communism in and of itself is not this negative, terrible no. entity that always goes bad. The problem is every... It's just like any other form of government. It's yeah. corrupt. Well, the problem with... The, the, w- the way in which this is corrupt is every living being on this planet competes for resources. Okay, communism completely eliminates competition for resources. Yep. So there's only one thing that you can compete over, and that's the bureaucracy that it inevitably creates. Because if you control the bureaucracy, you control where all the resources go. Yep. So typically in a communist society like that, you have a very, very, you know, strong bureaucracy race where everybody's trying to, you know, it's a really cutthroat type race for your bureaucracy. Now, the thing that I have about America is that's kind of what we're leaning towards. Our bureaucracies are, are very much so like that. In all of our companies, we do that. Uh, anytime that you're talking about, like, the military, for instance, we've talked about the funding changes that you have, why you have to do all this bullshit about spending every dime you make. All those bureaucratic type positions, that's a strong thing for America. But it's not a liberal agenda. So please, if you have a fucking opinion about liberals make sure it's the correct one because there's a philosophy to that that is not totalitarianist or communist we're working on it (laughs) we're doing our best (laughs) and then there's michael so anyway i just thought that that was funny that uh this particular family member actually he was he was going to come over uh to my house today and (laughs) uh one of his, okay, fuck it. It's my nephew, and uh, my brother was telling him, he's like, Oh my God, so edit that fast. Whatever. And my brother was like, was telling him, well, just come back conservative still, okay? <laughs> so apparently I'm I'm morphing him into a complete liberal, well, which is hilarious because the only thing I've ever it. done is you say, You bastard. He'll ask me a question about something, and I'll be like, okay, well, let's go look up the facts first. And every time we look something up, he develops his own opinion about what we find. Yeah. So I don't see how that's a problem. I don't either. I'm sorry that if he finds some factual information that disagrees with your political <laughs> stance. <laughs> How dare he look at information How dare and, he try to try and find his own answers and f- come up with a completely different conclusion than you who don't do research. That ungrateful fucking bitch. <laughs> so there's <laughs> He's that. supposed to be just like his dad. You know, talking about socialism and fascism and everything, it made me think about our president who did a State of the Union this last week. And oh, yeah. How'd that go? I... I figured you guys probably didn't listen to nope, it. Didn't even watch it. I don't care. But um, <laughs> I did. And there was a couple of <laughs> things that I, I wanted to bring up that he mentioned. One of them was, you know how in our education episode we talked about the how the Germans do the technical schools and basically yeah. work yeah. in associate. He he mentioned that that's something that he wants to get going over here. It he is a very, very good system relative I was, to ours. I was really impressed that he brought that up. It'll get shot down. Yes, it will. Yes, because we can't have that. Because You know why? Because the conservative view is to keep things the way they are, and they don't like change. Yeah. It's like I always say, liberal, progressive, conservative, regressive. That's pretty much the way I look at it. But but he brought that up, and I was pretty I, – I, I was happy to hear that because, you know, we had talked about it before, and um, that's something I've never heard another president bring up. Anytime they talk education, it's usually, you know, something to do with testing or preschool stuff, which he brought up, or more money. It, 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 but it never is really something on the technical side like this. And another thing, he was talking about the energy policy and stuff. And one thing I'll have to I have to give him a little bit of kudos for, he didn't say shit about clean coal for once. Like the last couple of times I've heard nice. him give speeches on energy. He's, he's compl- giving up on it finally? He's completely fucking dropped it. Good, because it's not clean. Yes, it's bullshit. I don't so. Know why the fuck 
fuck people call it clean. So I was pretty happy to hear that. Propaganda campaign is what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything over there, Mr. Eric? Um, You've been sitting listening to us. Uh, the, the one thing I have uh, for the free fur besides for my uh, segment that I have. Oh, um, that's what I'm talking about. I like segments. This is something that's just like it's, cut, it's way off the cusp, but it just goes to show how corporations, they, they may claim to care about you, but they really don't give a shit. All they care about are their profits, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this update to the crash test system for cars. No. So they've updated it to, to where they actually have the car go on to a head-on collision with uh, a light post, which okay. happens a lot, right? But that's not in any car uh, crash test at all. So all the car manufacturers have only had to get to get their five-star crash test rating slogan that they can put on all their shit to try and sell you their crap have only had to go through certain tests. So they've made the car safe in only those tests. So they started putting these cars through this uh, this pole test. Almost all of them failed miserably. Uh, there would have been casualties in every single wreck except for one. I think it was the, uh, the new uh, Ford Fusion. I think that was the only one. And they claimed that it wasn't even a design thing. It was just like it had to do with something with the placement of the engine. <laughs> that yeah, was about it. Like it. It wasn't something that they specifically set out to do. It was just happenstance. Uh, but, yeah, Yay. all the other cars, including like some of the big top ones that always get like great ratings, uh, failed miserably. So that goes to show that they really don't give a shit about you. They only give a shit about what they can put on their product to sell it to you. That's it. God damn. I'm I'm interested. I want to hear this new segment, man. <laughs> I got I got one quick thing that I should have brought up last week. I found this after th- uh, Valentine's Day, but um, Boggs, this might be pertinent for you. Uh, according to a new data released by the Center for Con- uh, Disease and Control Prevention, the United States has the highest rate of STDs of any nation in the industrialized world. Dope. With roughly 110 million total infections every year. Americans between the ages of 15 and 24 account for about 25% of the nation's sexually active population, but as much as half of all transmitted diseases. So don't screw around with any 15 to 24 yards. That's what I'm saying. And make sure you wear rubbers. Uh, Positive note, HIV has gone down, but chlamydia is on the rise. Oh, fuck. But, (laughs) hey, you can always get rid of that with a shot of penicillin, so. Yeah, not not really. Actually, that <laughs> that was about the new sad. strains of. I think that's incorrect, sir. Yeah, the new strains are actually starting to beat all the drugs we have. So there will t- come a day when you will not be able to cure the clap or anything like Box, that. Box, could that be evolution? Yes, in fact, it is. Oh my god! In I fact, most <laughs> of the viruses, you know, evolution. By the way, so everybody knows, there's an overwhelming amount <laughs> of evidence for that. And here's evolution is the reason you have to get a flu shot every year. There's yeah. a reason. It's an RNA it virus. Mo- it, it mutates it every single it year. Mutates, every yeah. single year, it's yeah. a new strain. Um, by the time you have yeah, found out that you it. have to go get tested for AIDS, go to the doctor, get tested, and get a positive result back, you have at the average rate five different strains in your body at the time that's why they've never been able to cure it because the time they cure the, the first way it three mutates strains, in your body you've got 15 more by the yep. time they've got it, it's 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 an overwhelming amount so basically what you're saying mutation. is don't even worry about wearing a rubber just give up hope 
<laughs> it's no. What that we're what saying, saying is that it's going to adapt a way to get through the rubber, so you may have to double bag it. <laughs> well, li- got, we've hey, already cured AIDS. It's just it's not the point. That's a great idea. Double bag it, especially if you're 15, <laughs> because you'll go twice as long. You'll really impress the ladies. First of all, I don't and think I don't. <laughs> that's not true. Anyway, I did you know that we cured AIDS? Fucking for me, man. We finally did cure it. You have to inject a very, very, very large amount of shredded cash into your bloodstream. (laughs) Man, taking South Park (laughs) jokes. What an asshole. Dude, it was a great episode. Fuck it. El Plagiarismo is your new name. I'm ready for for a new segment. I'm ready for a new segment. Okay. Uh, Well, this segment's not exactly going to be very long. It's very short. And this is in response to the guy that claimed that we were racist on our uh, Facebook page. So, No, it it has nothing to do with him. It's ju- this is just my little response. This is called White People Problems. <laughs> okay. We definitely got to come I guess we're going to have a theme that. song for that later. So, <laughs> new segment, White People Problems. Did you guys hear about the Carnival Cruise? <laughs> yes, I did. Yep, those are definitely white people problems. So, a whole bunch of people paid for a Carnival Cruise. They I don't even know where what their destination was. But it somewhere was. in, like, uh, the middle of the Gulf, the engine failed completely. And they were stranded out there for about three or four days before the tugboats got to them. Yeah, something like that. Um, so what happened was, even though you're on this giant ship that's loaded with fucking food for days and days, uh, they got into these food lines and people started hoarding the shit out of food. Mm-hmm. Food that is perishable, mind you. So by the time they got to the food that they had gotten, like, hoarded, it had gone bad. So that's brilliant. Um, on top of that, they were there was, like, a lot of other stuff that was going on. Um, I mean, luckily there's no violence, but there are people that are trying to sue Carnival Cruise Lines because they claim that they got injured in the food lines and stuff, people, like, shoving and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think it was... Friday or Thursday, whenever it was going into the dock, the tugboats got there. Um, yep. It was pretty much round the clock on CNN. Like, there was nothing else that they were reporting besides that for hours. Yeah, there's no other news this week or anything. It was nothing but that. Fuck all the starving kids in Africa. <laughs> Fuck all the people getting killed in suicide bombs. Uh, fuck all the misery that goes along around the world and the enslavement of people, the genocide, the sex slaves, and so on and so forth. Uh, let's worry about these people that paid to go on a cruise line that turned into a shit line uh, <laughs> because there are feces in the hallways. I mean, it does suck. I mean, if you're going to pay for a, a carnival, you know, you, carnival cruise, you expect to, you know, to have a grand old time and then you wind up like walking yep. through your own feces. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those weren't the memories of a lifetime they were looking but, forward to. But I mean, let, let's let's be honest. OK, they, what they had five days that probably sucked. Probably maybe two of them really sucked. The yeah. other ones were just like boredom. Yep. Really, that that's our, the big problem that that's the big pull in the whole thing. Uh, it was kind of funny, though, at work because they were showing it like, you know, update by update. They had every single little thing. So the tugboats got there. Originally, they couldn't hook up a line and the tugboats just had to like nudge it. And it was going like one mile an hour. God and then finally, it. they got a line to a tugboat and then it was going like five miles an hour. Uh, the line snapped. <laughs> <It's>. <laughs> uh, so that slowed down the whole process. And uh, there were a couple of other things that happened, and these like uh, these employees were sitting there watching it, 
and they're like, man, that sucks. And just to be a jackass, I go, man, they must have pissed off Poseidon. (laughs) (laughs) But we all know via the Christian God that Poseidon's not real. (laughs) That's why I said it. That's why I worship Thor. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, he brought up two things that reminded me. Uh, he brought awesome. up uh, people, you know, shitting all the place, and he brought up Africa. It made me think that uh, about our ex-producer Kristen, who's on uh, the leave of absence. She sent a postcard in this week. Uh, she's in Ghana doing missionary work. She's doing the Lord's work, and uh, she said that she is sorry she didn't rise earlier. But as soon as she got to the village, she uh, got a raging case of dysentery, Ooh. and it kind of put her down for a few days. But she said that she hopes to write us again soon and let us know what's going Yikes. on. So. Nice. Did she draw you a picture of her tits in there? No, it was just a simple. Send her a I postcard back. Say, draw a picture of your tits because <laughs> you know there's no cameras in Africa. So she's in Ghana right now uh, with dysentery. So let's pray for her. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to have a new uh, white people problem segment every week. Every week, sweet. Yeah. It's. I have a great video that you can play back later of a bunch of people in third world countries talking about first world problems. So they, <laughs> it's like a person whose house is like half crumbling and like literally half yeah. of the house is yeah. eroded away. And the line they gave her was, I really hate it when my house is too big. I have to have two wireless routers. That's why I wanted to start this segment. Cause I, I, <laughs> I just I saw that Carnival Cruise thing. And that's like one of the first things that popped in my head was like white people problems. It is, <laughs> like, that is white people. Problems. I hate it when my cruise liner that I spent three thousand dollars on <laughs> crashes and Loses power, and I have to sit with my own shit for three days. I got to just, like, stand around for days and do nothing, and then I had to stand in line for food. Oh, my God. Oh, my. All right. One segment down. We do the capper, bitches. Oh, I don't have it set up yet. Oh, my God. This is terrible. Okay, come on. Say something silly, Boggs. Make jokes. Make (laughs) jokes real fast. Make jokes. God damn it. Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Uh. I'll I can't do this on the spot, dude. I'm more spontaneous. I'm not, I'm not gonna mess with that because if I mess with that, it might fuck everything That's up. That's true. But it's that. time for the dick of the week. God damn it! <laughs> I like the better when Eric did it, but whatever. <laughs> you told me to do something funny, so I did. That wasn't. You failed. Okay, so in November of last year, this is an ongoing thing, but it started in November last year. uh, KBR, I don't know if you guys are familiar with KBR. It's a subsidiary of uh, Halliburton. They're one of the uh, largest. Yeah, they're the largest largest contractor for the military. Well, they have been sued because uh, they found out that they were guilty of negligence in the poison of uh, dozens of soldiers with a uh, compound called sodium dichromate. It causes cancer, of course. Um, and they're ordered to by uh, the 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 jurors ordered the company to pay eighty five million dollars in damages to these soldiers. Now it affected about two hundred eighty soldiers from like Indiana, Oregon, bunch of different reserve units and everything. They were guarding a uh, water depot uh, for the soldiers and stuff where they're doing sanitation. And they evidently they had all these chemicals at the plant where they're doing the you know the water sanitation <laughs> to get to the soldiers to drink and stuff. So I'm sure it didn't affect any others, just them. Um, but however, now KBR, the, the ruling just came down where they said that they're not going to pay it because they don't have to, because the taxpayer should have to pay, reimburse these uh, soldiers. Oh, because they're soldiers. Well, no, this is the thing. They said they had to pay them and they also want the taxpayers to cover their f- more than $15 million in legal fees. Now, uh, and you're like, Oh, why the hell do they think that we should do that? Well, in 2003, 
Army uh, Secretary of the Army Thomas White, uh, a Bush appointee, signed an agreement called an indemnity agreement. And I had to look this up. And this is, I didn't really understand what it was. This is just kind of basic overview. If you live like in an apartment or something and you have stairs going up to your apartment and you trip and fall down the stairs and hurt yourself, I mean, your ass out. Now, if the stairs need repair and you trip and fall and hurt yourself, you're still ass out if the landlord hadn't been told about it. Now, if you had mentioned it to the landlord and you fell down those stairs and hurt yourself, then you could sue the shit out of him. But there's what they call the indemnity agreement. It's like, you know, if he's not knowing of what's going on or of the, you know, then you're not like responsible for it, basically. So they signed this. So KBR is using this indemnity agreement they signed with the Secretary of the Army to say, look, we weren't, we didn't know about these chemicals being on that site, and we didn't know what they did, even though this jury found that they knew of the presence of the toxicity of the chemicals and that they knew that the chemicals were there. So KBR is now fighting to try and get that dissolved because of this agreement that they had signed. And were any cases, and there's more cases pending, were any cases that come forward that they will not be responsible for having to take care of these soldiers. That's ridiculous. And some of them have already died with cancer, and there's others that are suffering now with other illnesses and stuff, and they can link it directly to these chemicals and stuff that were there. So (laughs) KBR, Dick Cheney's old company, Dicks of the Week. Congratulations. Yep. So they're the winners. So now... It's time to start the real show. (laughs) (laughs) After all that, that was our segue. Okay, now we're just going to move to the topic and uh, go from there. And this is going to be the Eric show. No, that wasn't me. Well, it was me. Eric show, I got nothing. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) good night, everybody. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to go over infinite growth paradigm. For those of you who do not understand what that means, and hopefully you do, but just to kind of put it in layman's terms, it's the idea that we have infinite resources and we can infinitely grow as a species. And uh, there's no reason to hold back or conserve anything. That's the infinite growth paradigm. So just keep on sucking up as much uh, gas as you can. Keep on uh, eating as much food as you possibly can. There's there's plenty of it for everybody, right? Right? There's got to be, right? Oh, of course. It's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow, right? We we don't live on a rock that's only a certain diameter, right? And only has a certain amount of land space, right? No. Oh, wait, we do? Hey, man, that's why we're sending probes to Mars. Fuck. We're trying to find another place to get the fuck off this place and head to when it goes belly up. So the reasons why we believe in the infinite growth paradigm is because of our economic system. Uh, you have to have growth in order to create jobs. Obviously, we have more people being born every single day, and those people are eventually going to need jobs. And if there's only a certain amount of jobs, not everybody's going to be able to have a job. So you have to have growth in order to have more jobs for the people that are going to be around. And the people that are being born are definitely uh, outweighing the people that are dying. Just saying. So that's one of the reasons why. the people who are being fired. Yeah. (laughs) You have to add those two in because we're talking about jobs, not lives. But it's still more. Another reason why we have this infinite growth paradigm is because of corporate incentives, which require constant growth. By the way, to touch on the fact that all companies should grow is not true. Um, There comes a point when your contentment is actually the smart play. But most businesses always... They can't. I know. 
I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> Jesus. Most businesses always assume, and most of them, let's bear in mind too, a lot of companies don't have people with economics degrees either. But there is a point where you, you can't really grow and still maintain your profit margins. It's actually a bad thing to grow. And a lot of them just decide that it's clearly better if they expand their industry, even if it takes a loss for the next 15 years, that kind of thing. Most of the time when that happens, a lot of those companies fail right as they try to expand. So, uh, you know, the main point w- that I think this goes in with Eric, with what Eric is saying is it's not always correct to grow your company. A lot of the times it's better to keep what you have. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, but corporations can't do that because they act uh, ecocidal and they will try and their own resource that they use, they will try and squash and squander. Uh, and then on top of that, they also pollute, which can also squash and squander uh, the resource that they uh, produce. And then on top of that, they also have shareholders that they are accountable to. Yeah, that's the real that's the real trick. And that's right actually there. the scary thing for most corporations. You know, most corporations in their accounting department, they have very, very large liabilities, one of which is whomever has given them money, stockholders, yep. people who have contributed to their fund. And, you know, for a stockholder, y- you lose a lot of your accounts when you turn down a decision to expand your company because at that point, the stockholder questions what your motives are. They question how how sound is this company that I've contributed my own funds to? And if they feel that it's better to get out now, a lot of them do. And the company shrinks. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the the idea behind this is contentment and not getting pissed off. Because I, I love your white, your white person problem segment because of this very reason. Because so many of these things are derived from people who complain about whatever it doesn't even matter you know about their you know the funds themselves or how the company's behaving or you know fuck a, a lot of you know it's like the the day traders who trade stocks and bonds and such on a day-to-day basis have you seen that before you oh yeah this? yeah yeah i mean the only thing i like about that is they don't they don't really get involved with what the company is actually doing but if you are involved in what the company is doing if you're going to contribute to a fund it's probably good to know enough about the business to know whether or not they should expand, like I just mentioned, because there's no reason to get pissed off at these companies for doing that. But that's not how people behave. People don't behave that way. They behave in the way that's saying, why the fuck aren't you expanding? Why are you not trying to grow this opportunity? Because if the stock, uh, if the the company that they're in is expanding, the potential for their return is higher. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what you're talking about with those companies, that those companies, like you said, they're not going to stay in business because the capitalistic system that we're involved in, it is. It's all about, it's like we say, the infinite growth paradigm. That's what it is. It's continuous growth no matter what the cost. And, you know, you, that's where the government gets in. We have an issue in this country because it is more of a corpor- corporatocracy now than, uh, you know, than it is um, a republic, democracy, whatever you want to call it. Everything's based on that system. It's like when the banks failed. Don't worry about the fact that they caused the problem and, you know, they broke the laws. If the banks fell, the economy sinks, so therefore we have to prop up the banks. You know, it's it's with all companies. They have to continue to put out this profit margin, and if they let it slip in any way, then everybody starts complaining, backing out. The market starts falling, and it hurts the whole economy. You know, it's just like now, you know, everybody's been complaining about the recession. We're in. Well, 
that's what a recession is. It's a contraction because there aren't the resources out there to continue the growth that we're going. It's a and balance of the finite resources that we have. Yeah. Well, there's a cycle with that, too. Like, you know, there's a natural rate of unemployment that you're just supposed to have. And we're talking about people who get fired. We're talking about people who are college people that I have a job out there. I think, yeah, it's they a, have I'm to go find it. But they're talking like 5%, 6%. That's like your... Well, right. here's the deal, though. And th- this is the point for unemployment. It's whatever the fuck your society deems acceptable. Because yes. France, France's natural rate of unemployment is like an outrageous amount to Americans. But they don't give a shit. But that's... They're you know a totally mean? different type of society. They're more of I a know. socialistic society. But so see, most people, when they talk about unemployment, if you have... We had a 10% unemployment rate, and we were fucking freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And France is like 5% more than that, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just their natural rate. It's it's an ideology. It's And that's the thing that's so amazing is, you know, you'd think that... People would just do the smart play. People would be rational when it comes to business. People would understand that, like what Eric, I, you know, when I started looking at this topic, for instance, I started looking at, is this idea nominal or is this real, right? A nominal infinite growth paradigm doesn't mean shit to me. Changing the number that something is worth doesn't do anything. If bread costs $2 in one system and 200 in another, but it's not a big deal to the society where it costs 200 of whatever their currency is, doesn't matter. The the issue with infinite growth is that you assume we will infinitely use more resources to accomplish our goals. And this planet is only so big. There's only so much shit you can do on this planet. Yep. Uh, you know, the main problem that I have with infinite growth is, like, look at our consumption of oil. There comes a day when that industry is going to fucking fall off the edge of the world because there won't be any left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at consumption of uh, barrels 1980, it was uh, roughly 60,000 barrels a day um in 2010 it was uh 87,000 barrels a day that's a lot of oil that's a shitload of oil in 30 years it is a lot of oil well i hear that china is and starting to look at SUVs and it's doing nothing too. but growing yeah and that's nothing but every single year. i mean it might fluctuate like 1% 0.5% minus or positive but it's done nothing but go up it doesn't stop and that's what he's saying. And it's going to continue to go that way route. And another thing that really scares the shit out of me, and I know that he's probably got some stuff on it because he's uh, got the same ideas that I do about this. When it comes to oil, if you look at human population growth, uh, if you look at it in a graph, you've got a line that's going, and you know it, it bobbles up and down a little bit. There's a slight little dip where... Uh, the plague happens and then a little dip that was a third of european population uh, well i'm saying by comparison to the population like it 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 was just like a slight dip i'm just saying because of the size of the graph it just looks like a slight little dip and then you see whenever we start getting a little bit industrialized starts going up and you know it's just like slowly going up and then once we hit where we start manufacturing and processing oil it almost goes straight up and just continues to skyrocket. It is ridiculous. If you look from, let's go biblical here and say from, you know, the time of Christ born. We'll say from there, right? Zero. We'll Got go it. to, uh, no, we're going zero. It's <laughs> bullshit, but that, I'm just using that because it's easy. From about that time. Zero th- BS. They're saying there's, you know, <laughs> let's say roughly half a billion people, like Eric said. Then you get up to about the 1800s, use of like steam, coal, all these things. The population jumps up to about a billion, right? Yep. Then by... The industrial age, we're talking really hardcore with the oil production and stuff. Um, 
you know, starting to globalize a little bit from probably about the 20s to the 50s. You're seeing by uh, 1960, 3 billion people. So you got to think from zero to 1800, 1 billion people. From 1800 to 1960, 3 billion. From 1960 to what was it last year or something, we hit the 7 billion mark. Yeah. You see how rapidly going. And that's all, like you said, it's all contingent on oil because oil allows us to have mass farming. This mass, you know, movement, of migration of people and stuff. And mass production of goods. Uh, yes. And it's just, when oil runs out, that's, I've always said this before, when you have that peak oil theory, and a lot of people are like, oh, they're never going to run out of oil. How the fuck can we not? I mean, like you said, the, c- the consumption of it just keeps growing and going. India, China, they're doubling their use of oil. Like, just, I mean, con- they're just, their populations are expanding so rapidly. I mean, you're talking billions of people in China, billions of people in India, and they haven't, uh, they haven't even caught up to our consumption level. For 300 million person nation, we use a quarter of the oil now. China and India aren't even up to our league yet, but they're working on it. Yeah. And here are my theories, and I mean, these are just theories, but I don't oh. think that when it. <laughs> I don't uh, see some people have this idea that it's going to be a slow degradation. I don't think so. Here's what I think is going to happen when we hit peak oil. People are going to freak out. Prices are going to start to go up a lot. It's going to become unaffordable for a lot of people. It will be only for the haves and not the have nots. And it will shut down everything. And the rich people, they'll find, they'll know about this really fast, and they will hoard the fuck out of everything that they possibly can and get as much as they possibly can, mm-hmm. while money still has some kind of value, before it all goes to shit. But it's not going to be a slow thing. It, it, I think it would happen if we did hit peak oil and our uh, consumption started outrating our uh, production. It would happen really fucking fast. Because, I mean, oil prices are already outrageous. And uh, if we started uh, consuming more than we're producing, they would skyrocket to ridiculous levels. Uh, Another theory that I have, and well, it's not really a theory. It just reminds me of something. What that graph reminded me of was what happens when an, uh, an organism, like a microorganism, comes across a resource that it can consume uh, very fast and rapidly. If you look at it like in a petri dish, and uh, this organism doesn't have a whole lot to reproduce with, and then you just give it a jolt of whatever it needs to reproduce, it plumes fast, and it grows exponentially, extremely fast, like we have. You you heard the the years and how many people we have on this earth, and how fast it's taken us to go to nine billion in such a small amount of time. Seven. Seven. Seven billion, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's just a theory. Don't worry about it. We'll be there in about another 10 or 20 years. <laughs> but this rate. what happens when that resource goes away or it consumes it all? It dies. Exactly. It completely collapses and just withers away. And that's the problem. You know, we keep going on and on about alternative energies, but it's Don't so do anything about it. It's There's a so reason we don't do anything about it. And, you know... This is something that companies uh, don't have an incentive to. I was going to say, you know what that goes back to? Barrier to entry is what it's called. It goes back to capitalism. No, it doesn't go back to capitalism. It certainly does. It does in our politics because it's just like all these wars and stuff. These oil companies, they are the largest contributor of these politicians next to like pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. They make 
billions and billions every year. They and they bar things. entry to that market. But that's what I'm saying. They do everything they can to stomp out electric cars. I mean, in the past, now they're starting that's to come back a little bit. That's not capitalism. So anything, well, and it is because they're looking out for their best interest to make as much money as they can. They mm-hmm. are the big boys on the block. They're using their monetary money. Capitalism assumes supply and demand and competition. None of that exists in these realms. Well, that's why. That's I why it might breed what's called a monopoly or an oligopoly, but yeah. that's the thing that sucks is you're dealing with an oligopoly. You're not dealing with a market system. That's why I said it's more of a corporatocracy is what we have yes. now. Yes, I mean, it, you know, Walmart doesn't give a shit about this. Walmart will put you in the ground as quickly as possible when it comes to their consumption, oh, their transport. Oh, they a threat? Hell yeah. I mean, that's just, and the oil companies are the same way. They want to bar entry to markets, and the thing is, is that is against what most capitalism is about because capitalism assumes supply and demand, and when a market, and this is another thing to think about, when automobiles first came out, when we finally had cars, Everyone was bitching that we were crushing the horsing industry. Duh. We want to crush the horsing industry. This is an advancement, right? But you're causing unemployment. You just put all these people out of work. Is that worth it? Would you rather have them, p- those people work or would you rather have cars? Looking at it in hindsight, this is an advancement. They can learn. Th- this is, by the way, called structural unemployment, which is also natural, right? But they stomp that out. Why do they stomp that out? Or how do they do it? They have so much resource. I mean, fuck, hire your own spies. Go kill people who come up with new shit. I remember there was a case that I was reading over. It was 1980. We've talked about this, I think, on the show. But he invented a hydrogen engine. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was in 1980. He had a demonstration on the news. Well, he had an unfortunate poisoning accident, and his house burned down. Oh, shit, his plans were in his house. Well, that's a shame. I guess we'll never know how he did it. Damn. You know what I mean? Like, just... That's not capitalism. That's fucking bullshit. That's an oligopoly or a monopoly that has... It's called barring entry. It's keeping people who you don't want in your industry out. Poor people, right? You can't just start up your own oil company if you want to. Uh, If you wanted to start up your own McDonald's chain, the fee for doing so is $45,000 up front. That's your franchise fee. Then you have to buy a million-dollar building. I hear what you're saying. I still kind of disagree because I still say it's... It is because of capitalism, because of the way that it, the system is Well, the system has run. been abused, and that's the thing is the system itself is naive. We well, can say here, that. We here, can talk about capitalism. Yeah, I, I being was like about to say, th- this kind of brings up something, because I always talk about a different way of living, and uh, I know that an argument that a lot of people say, oh, well, in a perfect world, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Your capitalism doesn't work in a perfect world either. Nope. It doesn't work at all, it, and it, it's failing us miserably. It kind of is. Well, you know. I mean, we see the benefits <coughs> here in the U.S. Absolutely, as of right now. Oh yeah. We we. W- well, that's the. I'm not bitching about us. I think we they, have it fucking yeah. easy. The thing that they hold to with oligopolies, they let you compete on an international level. That's the one positive to Walmart is your your country gets to compete on a business realm on an international level because it's such a large company they can move things around if they want to, that kind of thing. The problem I have with most of that system is. You don't have a competition. There's no competition for Walmart. Walmart doesn't care about anybody except maybe Target and... <sighs> I, I can't even imagine them caring about Target, much less Probably anyone not. else. And but on top of that, because of the infinite growth paradigm that they have, they don't give two shits about third world countries and their employees abroad. No. And no, they actually don't. not even here. They don't give a shit about their employees in the no, U- don't United get States. Nope. Here. But I do, I and do that's think all because that of the infinite growth paradigm. They have to maximize profits. It's the, uh, to quote Dr. S- Dr. Seuss, business is business and business must grow. 
<laughs> see, that's th- the growing part is the problem I have. You know, if if more companies were content with where they were, I don't think it would be that it's big from of a, a deal. It Lorax, would be if you don't know that. It would be more of an idea <laughs> of like, what are we going to do when these resources run dry? You know yeah. what I mean? That's the focus that I would have with that. And, uh, you know, for the most part, a growing company, I, you know, that's the thing is like, it's hard to really say that growing your company is wrong or growing your company is uh, the reason that this country is going down or that the human race is going down because that's what you want to do. You want to grow your and expand your company. But most of them do so by trying to consume a lot more resources than I think is necessary. And it's not like the consumption is necessarily what I have an issue with. It's that who's actually contributing to things like a hydrogen engine? Who's contributing to things like fuck you know, a solar panel program? That's where, I mean, I take a lot of shit from this as a liberal, but saying that's where a socialistic society is kind of beneficial because when the government runs everything and it's not for profit, there's more of a... there's. M- it's it's imperative for them to try to find other ways to cut costs and stuff. So looking for more energy efficient ways to put their money into for research and stuff, it, it, it behooves them. Whereas, you know, in a society like ours, where, like I said, you have, you know, private enterprises that run everything, they're out to make their biggest buck and to smash, like you said, any competition or whatever could come along. Like solar power, I mean, if we could go, I know everybody always shits on solar power and wind. Solar power... I, I mean, I, I've seen this before, and I looked it up just to make sure. Like, for instance, if we went, tried to get solar, and then the cost is coming down on everything, the, the sun itself, in 14 and a half seconds in one day, the sun puts out enough energy to basically do it, it to provide the energy for the whole the earth that we use in one day, in 14 seconds. And in 88 minutes, it provides enough power that we use in one year or all the, the amount of power we use in one year. So it's like we're not harnessing that to its capability, you know, stuff like that. And then we talk about oil consumption stuff, you know, like you're saying, this other these developing countries are going to be the ones that go down first. You know, we're going to be fine in the, for, at the beginning. I mean, of course, everything is going to crash, but you're going to see like these developing countries like in India or something who are using so much now to try and catch up to us. Those are the ones that are going to get hit the hardest at first. You know, countries like in Africa and stuff that don't have shit now, it's not going to affect them. They're probably going to do the best of anybody in the long run. You know, but you're talking about feeding this many people. You yeah. run out of oil, you don't have, we can't do the crops. You know, you can't run the crops and stuff the way we do now. You're not going to be able to provide the food to feed these people. You're not going to have the the money, the time, the effort. You're not going to be able to do the things that you can do now with the system. And a lot of people, I mean, and including me, they focus on the uh, the big ones, you know, uh, oil, farming, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but something that kind of hits the back burner is uh, rare earth minerals and metals, mm-hmm. which are used in, in pretty much every single electronic that we have and yes. use and rely on. Um, so China mines more than 95% of the world's supply of rare earth metals, which are found in permanent magnets, uh, phosphors, lasers, capacitors, superconductors, and such. Um, but the problem is, is that, yeah, they uh, mine 95% of it. But China is also an extremely fast-growing economy. And by 2014, they are going to need more than they produce. Think about that Damn. for a second. So, if they're producing 95% of it, that means there's only 5% that the rest of the world mines, and they're going to need all of their supply, plus some. 
Mm. Well, it's like, and you know, we talk about oil. So what that means is that they're just going to have to mine more and then more and then more. Yes. Uh, but aren't they called rare earth yeah. <laughs> minerals and metals? Well, like you said, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like oil. You think about oil. As just a means of gas. Start your recycling your uh, electronics, people. Your gas tank, but <laughs> we're gonna need it. Everything you can pretty much look at anything around you right now. And there's oil in it. I mean, think about it. every piece of plastic, oil. You know, toothpaste, pesticides. You know, anything you could think of has. I mean, half your car, your tires. You know, so that's the thing. It's like everybody's like, well, if we go to solar or wind and all these things, there's things we can do. But without that oil, With I don't. With the amount of consumption that we have, it's just not feasible. And even, like, you're talking about recycling. Alternative energies isn't enough. And, like, he's talking about recycling. Well, they add, there's, like, uh, grab a bottle, like a plastic bottle or something. That bottle, you can probably recycle. That cap of that bottle, you can't because it has, uh, like, bisphenol A or something. I can't remember. They add an additional chemical to make, you know, you get the harder plastics. Those cannot be recycled. And they, that's added to a lot. Of, so it's like there's only a certain portion of even, like, plastic that can be recycled. So, you know, even that's not going to do it. You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of scary to think about. Well, another thing that's kind of overlooked in the infinite growth paradigm is also uh, credit <laughs> and <laughs> banking. Ah, yes. That is also based off of infinite growth. Uh, and we covered that whenever we went over banking and we talked about the fractional reserve system mm-hmm. and how they only had to have 10% of uh, the money that they loan out. They only actually have to have 10% of that. That is all based off of infinite growth. All of it. They have the idea that they can loan out more money than they have because somebody else is going to come in with that money. And it's just an infinite cycle. They they think that it will continue to go and go and go. And it won't. Eventually, it's going to stop. Either somebody's going to stop paying them or they're not going to be able to loan out. Either way, it will also crash and burn. Uh, I, I guess pretty much what I'm trying to get out there is that maybe we need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we need to, and this is another, we've been uh, teasing it for a long time. Maybe we shouldn't be having as many kids as we're having now. Maybe we should look at our population. Maybe we should look at our energy consumption and how much we use. Just maybe. It, It might be important to the human race down the road. I don't think it'll be a problem in our lifetime, but that's irrelevant. The complete relevancy is our species. And I wouldn't want somebody to suffer because I sat back and did nothing and just watched reality television all fucking day. Yeah, I've already pretty much. I, I haven't said this to my kid because I don't want to freak him out because he's little. But I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, by the time he's, you know, old man, it's probably going to be like the horse and buggy again. And it's going to be like Old West up in this fucking place because I just don't see the resources being there. I mean, I don't see enough of an effort to make changes. And the population's continuing to boom. And, yeah, I mean, as like I said, as wrong as it sounds, like saying, you know, socialist society may be good. I get hate mail for that. But, I don't, <laughs> you know, you think of the Chinese. I mean, that one child policy, it's like, might not be they a bad have, idea. They have to do that. They well, you have to do that. Yeah, I mean, they're way, you know, where they have almost 2 billion people compared to our 300,000 but st- or 300 million. But, yeah, it's it's getting to the point. We I mean, still have too many people. I like this quote, too. I'm going to give you all a Theodore Roosevelt quote that I like. 
says, our aim is not to do away with corporations. On the contrary, these big aggregations are an inevitable development of modern industrialism, and the effort to destroy them would be futile unless accomplished in ways that would work the utmost mischief to the entire body politic. We can do nothing of good in the way of regulating and supervising these corporations until we fix clearly in our minds that we are not attacking the corporations, but endeavoring to do away with any evil in them. We are not hostile to them. We are merely determined that they shall be so handled as to subserve the public good. We draw the line against misconduct, not against wealth. This is The last part is what I really want to focus on. We are merely determined that they shall be so handled as to subserve the public good. When was the last time you heard about Walmart doing an R&D program about alternative energy and things to help not consume as much? Oh, I'm mm, sure they throw a few dollars never. at some organization uh, so yeah, they can I mean, brag on it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they do it for... Uh, legitimately? So they do it for commercial. PR moves. That's they don't really I mean. do it for like, we need to do this because we're a company that has a responsibility to serve the public good. That's what I mean. And that's kind of the point that, you know, so many conservative-minded people don't understand. First off, Theodore Roosevelt was a conservative-minded. This was a Republican. Uh, he, uh, he was a Republican, but believe me, he was more liberal, man. If you go back Well, that's the thing is their party has shifted. Yeah. It's like it's this, is, this is great stuff, man. If, you know, if you own a company and you're, 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 a, you're a, a really large company, you know, there's a lot of responsibility to succeeding, right? There's a lot of responsibility to the fact that you have a lot of employees that rely on this job. You have a very large amount of costs and things that are associated like resource management. You know, the thing is, is, and, you know, I, I'm sure Eric can attest to this because he works in a restaurant and I've been there. I know what we kind of, what kind of shit we waste. I know what kind of, uh, this hell, let's just look at food consumption. There was a, uh, a little tidbit of information we found, uh, and you can probably find this on the internet too, and it might be different now because this was a year ago, but it was said that we waste about a third of the food we eat. I yep, it, I, I agree it. that. I mean, that's probably uh, it's if if it's not, I'm sure it's the same now because it's not like we change our eating habits. But you know, think about that when you send your steak back. Think about the f- the idea that you know there may not be a steak like that again that comes your way. I remember while I was still at the restaurant that Eric works at, our GM at the time was like, in 20 years, uh, the product that they sell is called Certified Angus Beef. They'll run it extinct to where the quality will drop. That was his opinion. Well, and that's a change in beef. I was going to say, you want to give some tips to our friendly people, you know, besides recycling and trying to throw some solar panels and stuff on your house. You know, another thing that might save us a little quicker, too, is going vegetarian. It might get to the point where if you want to survive, you're going to have to go vegetarian because you think we're having to produce all that fuel and energy to go to produce, uh, you know, corn and all these products to feed the cattle that we turn around and eat and you know think of just all the process involved with it and how much energy consumption that eats up and plus you know we're talking about global warming you know about you know pig and cow shit i mean making jokes and stuff with the methane and all that and the different processes you know with the industrialization of the farming i mean everything's got an effect you know whether it be glo- you know with climate you know with our you know this infinite growth i mean the way it goes i mean that that's one of those things as well you know that we might have to start looking at in the future the way we do food it's like uh what are these these fishermen and stuff you know especially japanese you know with sushi is a big thing they're forming so much tuna i can't remember if it's the bluefin or yellowfin which one it is that's the more prominent one but they're saying that they're they're pulling so much of that shit out of the ocean right now that within probably the next 10 to 15 years that they could possibly go extinct so it's like everything. We just overuse the yep. shit out of everything. Well, I mean, we're overpopulated and we overuse. Yeah. It's like a double whammy. <laughs> just to go, I'm going to find this quote real quick because it was great, but it's from Henry David Thoreau. 
but it was him talking about uh, he feels that the advancement of human uh, humanity is to uh, leave off killing and eating animals. I don't think he was uh, far off from that personally. Yeah, so but I mean, delicious. even then, we if you want to go, if you really want to go deep into it, I mean, yeah, I mean, we do a lot of bad stuff to animals and we're running them extinct and all that stuff. But we do the same shit to plants. What do you th- what the hell do you think Monsanto does? They yeah. genetically engineer seeds that will supersede natural mm-hmm. plants. That that die off every year and you have to keep replanting them. And that like you're talking about the just minerals. Let's just think about the basic minerals and nutrients in the earth that we're having to farm, how it's eating up those nutrients and stuff just for basic farming for your, you know, your lettuces and your corns and your carrots and all that stuff. You know, you're killing the soil with all these pesticides, these frankenseeds, all this other shit. It's just destroying that even. Well, even on that, just the agricultural system itself, if you look at uh, plants around the globe, uh, I mean, why does a banana look the same everywhere? Why? It's because that's what they grow. That's not what's grown in that localized region, but that's what we grow. So that's why you get the same looking fucking banana everywhere you go. Same with your lettuce, same with your beets and everything else. That's why it all looks the fucking same. And actually, it's kind of funny when you show somebody an actual like grown vegetable that's real and just naturally grew. And they're weirded weirded out by it. They're like, what the fuck is that? It's like, uh... This is what a potato is supposed to look like. (laughs) But we only farm certain things. And not only that, but we engineer them to supersede naturally grown ones in the regions that they grow. And we're driving the extinction of certain plants as well. We do the same thing. So I don't necessarily think that that is necessarily the way to go. I think it has more to do with population growth. Has more to do with our mentality of how we treat our environment. We need to become a little bit more with our environment, not build walls up around it and use pesticides for everything because we don't want bugs in our house mm-hmm. um, and grow a garden. God damn it. <laughs> like the fuck. So, so any solutions? Uh, no, we're all going to die. Uh, wow. I think the solution, I mean, there are little solutions that we can do, but I think, the actual solutions would be big and uh most people don't want to do them like i said there's i mean unless you want to throw a goddamn solar panel up on every fucking home and because that means we'd actually have to change the way we live people we don't want to do like you said you want to start you know stop using all this damn frankenseeds and these pesticides and stuff and go more natural and everything like we could do community farms you know everybody wants to go to their little community I think it could start with now education. Now you're talking about communism. Well, I know. I I'm, think it could because s- I'm a socialist. Start yeah. with education, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's it's tough because people are so dead set on this idea that we can just keep on going and keep on consuming Gr- and greed is it, good. It is just inherent in our system and our advertising and just people are pumped, filled with these messages day in and day out from birth. And then we're expected to somehow change their minds and uh, get them to uh, live conservatively and grow gardens and do all this other stuff. I mean, it it could happen in a slow, progressive rate, but I don't think that that's fast enough. Unfortunately, well, I think that we've gone beyond the point where we can slowly regress. Yeah, and like it, 
it I think it has to be a jolt. It it comes before back before it becomes a kick in the ass. See, and that's where it comes back to the politics because our leaders, this is where they need to get their heads out of their ass and start pushing these things because people on their own won't tend to just do them. But if the government actually came out and started endorsing more of these clean energies and stuff and really put stuff into or put more into the education on them. And R&D. Realize, too, the American government is cutting yeah, funding for education and R&D. Those yep. are the two things that are coming off the table. I know. We do not We do not research enough of alternative energies. We just kind of uh, go. Anything. We don't research anything yeah. anymore. They're cutting funding to all of it across the board. And I'll, I'll tell you now, in terms of advancements for society, historically saying, you spend a lot on education and you spend a lot on R&D for that reason because you're advancing yourself. You know, I, I, I hate, I hate how much our government's in bed with these companies because I kind of feel like, you know, our oil consumption would be so much less right now had that person not been killed in his home and they had a fucking hydrogen engine to go to. Yeah, they probably would have bought him off and just kept it in the safe somewhere well, anyway. What I think would end up happening is exactly what you just said. The oil company, at some point, someone's going to learn. Uh, there will be enough people who know about that that they'll start buying the patents and they'll have they a 20-year patent do. on it. It's possible. I don't know if that's true or not, but we could actually look it up right now. We can try. We I'm can try to patent up. shit and see if uh, it's get blocked. I don't think we quite have time for that, though. Yeah, I think we <laughs> should just let people know we're running out of clean water. We're running out of uh, oil. Water? We didn't even get the water. Yeah, we're. It, there's no hope. Just give up. <laughs> no, there's hope. You just. We have to change as a species. That's hope pretty we much have, it. Hope we have time. I hope it's not past the point of no return, but I don't think it's the point we'll of see. no return. But we'll see. I don't think it could be as slow. Well, it's not going to be the end of society. Like we talked before, the only time society is really going to end is when the sun burns out. That's when it's all going to end. They may go back to some Wild West shit around here, but that's about probably as bad as it'll get. <laughs> now, and, and believe me, Boggs, I know how to shoot a weapon. I'm coming for you first, boy. Okay. Vigilante justice. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Eric. I'm Michael. I'm Boggs. Maybe he could get some research done. Then he'll have fun with himself. Intellectual saviors are chronic masturbators. Oh, we know that in the end you know he's fine.